So it was going to be who? What's his name? Uh, Snyder. Zack Snyder was doing it, and then he left because of family stuff. Why not Dan Snyder? Mmm. Mmm. They couldn't afford Amanda Bynes. That's my theory. <laughs> Dan Snyder, the, the iCarly guy? Yes. That's correct. The I, guess, I guess they're not averse to hiring controversial directors. <laughs> See also Joss Whedon. But like, I feel like Dan Snyder has a real stink attached to him currently. <laughs> Sorry if I'm breaking the Dan Snyder news to the to the podcast, but um, <laughs> they yeah, because it was Zack Snyder. He left for Family Tragedy. Right. Then it's Joss Whedon who rewrites and refilms enough of the movie to get writer and directorial attribution credits, which is a pretty that's at least forty percent that that there we know a of. New it. movie that's basically totally different from the original one, but they had to go back and do certain reshoots. However, Henry Cavill. Had grown out a mustache for what? For Mission Impossible Fallout. Mission for old, um, Fallout. And he reload his gun on it. So they had to CG his mustache off. I'm so confused. I'm, exactly. I'm, the guy that played Superman was also in Mission yeah, Impossible. Yeah, I understand. But they stopped filming um, just, Justice League. Yes. And then he went off and did Mission Impossible and grew out a mustache. Just like a step back, not uh, not looking at this and hearing this all as one watch. <laughs> I love that you don't know. <laughs> it is so- ridiculous. It is pure idiocy. It is the dumb. It's so stupid. It's so much money for such stupid things. Henry Cavill said, "I don't want to shave my mustache," and the entire company went, "We do what Superman wants." My understanding mm-hmm. is that. Be, uh, the the Mission Impossible franchise is produced by Paramount, and so Warner Brothers had to work out a special contract with Paramount to get Henry Cavill to come back for Superman. Um, and as it, because that wasn't a planned part of the schedule, right? Because they're right. filming a massive Mission Impossible the movie. Were already- yeah, and it's like, oh, you're going to steal the fifth lead <laughs> and main villain of our movie. Like, we're gonna need some money, and also you can't shave his mustache. <laughs> Uh, and so that was part of the brokerage deal for, for the sake of continuity. So he goes back, does that, uh, Justice League's terrible. It's a terrible film. Um, I can't see how they're going to make it better, but am I going to watch it? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, and, I haven't seen the original one, but I'm actually kind of interested in watching the, what, the miniseries that they're going to turn it into because there's apparently like four hours worth of it. Yeah, they've redesigned Steppenwolf, and they've given him a bunch of little prickles on his is. suit now. Uh, he's the bad guy of Justice League. Oh, okay, um, cool. Good to know. <laughs> he's the one that looks like... This This. This joke might not run on y'all, uh, but he looks like 
at a certain point in level one of a video game, they'll introduce a foe who's slightly tougher than the other ones, who instead of one punch takes, like, four punches. Mm -hmm. But then by the end of the game, you're fighting, like, ten of him at once. That's what he looks like. <laughs> he looks like the a minor foe from a video game, but gotcha. he is, in fact, the arch-villain of Justice League. And oh. they've redesigned his suit to give him a bunch of porcupine quills. And it's like, how's Superman gonna beat that? He tries to punch it. It hurts his little hand. Yeah, <laughs> his... He's get poked. Are, are he gets little pokies. Are they kryptonite quills? <laughs> no, but that's an excellent idea, actually. That's if I, when Detective Comics Comics picks up the phone and says, hey, Kev, we need you on Superman. We need Detective you on Action Comics. 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 Detective Comics Comics, when they call, we need you on soups. What's your big pitch? And I say, porcupine quills. <laughs> Special <laughs> thanks. To cat sky. Yeah. <laughs> they are kryptonite. It's like a stegosaurus, right? But it glows green. Why? Because it's kryptonite. We saw we saw one out in the We did, we saw a porcupine. We were quarantined was... upstate. They had just finished um doing a cross country trip. Mm -hmm. And New York had us at the time we had to quarantine for two weeks. So we splurged a little nice. bit and went to a an Airbnb in the upstate, mm -hmm. the the, the non-city section of New York. <laughs> uh, not New York, New York, if you know what I'm saying. And Stop. there was a porcupine. It was really exciting. We saw a bunch of animals. It was we, good. Yeah, we did. We did see animals. Deer are actually really cool really cute, in person because really cool. of their fur looks cool. There was one that just, like, we were driving by, and it was just eating grass inside the road, and I stopped the car, and I rolled down the window, and we vibed together about two feet away for a solid, what, ten? Ten minutes? Yeah. They, yeah. You just vibing. Yo, what's up, Quills? Hey. <laughs> you see Toy Story 3? Hey. Hey, Quills. Hey. Quills the deer, I like that. Since we are on our uh, comics bullshit, as we as we usually are, um, there was that. Um, of course, of course. By the time this episode comes out, this will have already been released. But on Friday, they're releasing the Marvel Six One Six documentary show on Disney Plus, and um, two episodes of which are directed by Me. Communities Gillian Jacobs and Allison Brie, which is exciting. Um, <laughs> And uh, Gillian Jacobs said jokingly in an interview this morning that she was like, oh, yeah, Alice and I are going to star in some Marvel movie. All we need is to find out which characters are going to play uh, as like a duo act. Um, and that, of course, I was very bored at work. So I said, yes, this is an activity. Time to drum up that social media uh, so I started pitching different versions. So when you texted, when you texted me this, unfortunately, the first thing, maybe not unfortunately, the first thing no. that came to mind, I don't know if it would be for Gillian, but I immediately saw Allison as Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl is on my pitch list. Is it? Um, but would that then yes. make Gillian one of her sidekick squirrels? Like, an, like, like, like a um, like a what's his name? Like Rocket Rocket Raccoon? Like full CG? Just like Gillian Jacobs doing a sidekick flying squirrel for Squirrel Girl by Allison? Like yeah. that would be. Uh, that's my pitch. Now that's a movie that I would Just watch. Buy it. I tried. Yeah. I tried to find them live action parts that they could play opposite. Well, what did you, each other. What did you think of? Did you think of? Okay, so so as far as I thought of, I thought of a few different options. So as far as Squirrel Girl goes, I do have Squirrel Girl on here. And I said it should be played by Gillian if for no other reason than she wears that squirrel costume in the community oh, Halloween episode. <laughs> totally 
missed an opportunity. <laughs> yes. Um, and I said that she should be pe- timmed up with Allison Brie as Nadia Pym, uh, the current Wasp. If we're going for, like, a girl-centric young reader's books team-up here, right. we should team her up with uh, Nadia Pym from the Agents of Girl, G period, I period, R period, L period, um, and right. and they should have fun together. But we already have a Wasp in the... MCU. So that well, would this be is a, a different one. You know, you can wait a little bit if you wanted yeah, to. I have a question. Or a crossover with Joel McHale from Spider Man Two. <laughs> Original Spider Man Two. They would have to CG his hairline before they. Are. Yeah, fleeing, <laughs> fleeing hairline Joel McHale from Spider Man Two. That would be a whole mustache um, thing. <laughs> a reverse Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. They add a mustache onto him, and he is reprising his role as bank employee <laughs> from Spider Man. Or they used Henry's mustache as his toupee. <laughs> Oh, yes. Very good. Save a few chains. They took the mustache off Henry Cavill and saved those JPEGs in a folder. They're like, we're going to need these precious. These bad boys are going to come in handy real soon. This is going to pay out for us. Michael goes, hey guys, remember the soup? And they went, we have an idea. And they printed out Henry Cavill's mustache and stapled it to Joel McHale. Yeah, believe it or not, they took the CG effort to remove it, but they just old school cut and pasted onto his upper lip. Yeah, real time. It's actually, you know, that's actually not what they did. I'm lying to you. What they did is they got a mask, a COVID safe mask, and they put not just Henry Cavill's mustache, they put Henry Cavill's whole fucking mouth on his face. (laughs) (laughs) He shows up looking like a ransom note of just various pieces of Henry Cavill glued and stapled. Like a fucked up paper Mr. Potato Head. (laughs) Like a damn Picasso, but it's just Joel McHale and Henry Cavill uh, and a a fucked up face. I have a question about comics. Um, There's there's, there's a Marvel, right? And Mm -hmm. Uh it's the big one. And it has, there's one with the with a dinosaur and and a, and a tiny black girl, and it's a it's a comic. Moon girl and devil dinosaur. Moon girl, devil dinosaur. Yeah, where's that content? That's Marvel. That's still where. You know what? I make it happen. That that would be sick. I would That's also. That's what I want to see first and foremost. I don't know if they have done this in the comics, Kevin. You might. I don't know what the status of this other. I would love to see Moon Girl and Ironheart do something together. They have definitely shared comic panels together. They have to, um, right? Yeah, they haven't, because they're all part of this, like, current new wave of let's take legacy heroes and add a, basically a more diverse, younger counterpart to that hero. Sure, yeah. Um, more diverse, we can argue about whether or not that sentence makes any sense, but non-white and non-straight yes. uh, in many cases, because that's how you get Nadia Pym, for one, but you also get Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, Hulkling, excited. Wiccan, uh, Ironheart, uh-huh. uh, Amadeus Cho Hulk. Yes. So, like, you have multiple different baby Hulks to choose from. Uh, and you have all these different characters, and what, I mean what it seems like the good idea to do here is once your actors are aging out of their storied parts, you then kick in these younger, like non-white, non-straight versions of these characters. Absolutely. Um, and as far as like the, the movies I think that's also the very excuse Disney needs 
right? Because Disney, as we know, is not great with representation. Um, but I think if they're able to be like, hey, you know, well, like, we already did a bunch of them with white dudes. Let's, I mean, you know, like, it's like their way of, like, easing us into it instead of just, like, I don't know, doing it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that, unfortunately, the sticking your toe in a cold swimming pool method is historically how Hollywood makes these progressive changes. Yeah. Uh, so these these huge storytelling empires. So, unfortunately, that is probably what we're going to have to do yeah. is that you, like, you kind of do I what... starting to enter that era a little bit. It's unfortunate that COVID hit right as we were starting to dip our toe into it. Like, now we're going to get a little bit more, like... We're get. I mean, it's stupid, but to think that Black Widow is going to be the first OG Avenger to get a solo movie that's a woman, like that's sure. kind of ridiculous. That it's taken them until Phase Four to kind of do <laughs> and, that and killing off that character <laughs> after killing her. Um, but we're also getting so they're like, don't Nazi. worry, don't worry. You know, we're getting She Hulk. Um, mm. uh, I'm excited. I think we're Who's She Hulk. We don't... Oh, did they announce She-Hulk? Isn't it the one from, um... It's uh, Tatiana Maslany from Black. Orphan Black. Orphan Black. Agent Black. Sexy! Yeah, it's very exciting. Hell yeah, dog. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, everyone wanted Alison Brie for She-Hulk. That was what I was getting on Twitter today, was people so like, Alison Brie, she wasn't the, the Wasn't the casting call for She-Hulk an Alison Brie-type person? Like, they literally used her name in the call, or was that just a rumor? I, again, who knows how much any of these things are actually substantiated because right. they didn't put out a casting call in Backstage Magazine for no. She-Hulk. <laughs> like, so, like, where are people getting these casting announcements? Well, that's very uh, so they, so it ends up, and Tatiana Maslany is going to kill that. Oh. Um, which is why, you know, part of, I came up with a bunch of different, like, Wait, oh, who, yeah, keep who going with this list for, uh, for, yeah. uh, Gillian for sure. Allison. So, so Allison Brie was born to play Kitty Pride. Unfortunately, she's about 10, 15 years too old yeah. to play now the original is. incarnation yeah. of Kitty Pride. However, in the current comics, Kitty Pride is a badass pirate queen uh, sailing the black market. Yeah. So, um, what? Yeah. What? So, Allison Brie for X Men. Yeah, dog. You gotta, you gotta hop on that. Um, and, uh, Kitty Pride as the head of the Marauders, who has, like, a dragon and a big red, like, yeah. uh, Viva La Vida coat, uh, and I say we make Gillian, uh, Magic, who's another X-Men who has long been rumored as, like, she and Kitty have romantic tension, Ooh. and she is, a Russian lesbian demon sorceress, uh, so oh. that seems right up, uh, Gillian's alley, oh. uh, so let's make that happen. Like that. like that. I had a feeling that you would have, I don't know what the rest of your list looks like, but when, when I knew that you were making a list, because let's face it, uh -huh. you are TV's Kevin Lanigan, you're going to come up with several options for the casting. Um, There's two things in this world I love, and it's community and Marvel Comics. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and, but when I, heard, when, I, when I was like, okay, so Kevin's going to come up with a list, and I was like, I wonder, I'm going to take a guess that 75% of the options are mutants. There actually aren't a lot of good options. If we're talking about, because I was pitching it based on Gillian of they are a duo lead of a film, a two-hander right. on a film. And there aren't a lot of good mutant options for that. That's very much an ensemble piece. 
Uh, so that was the best option I found like, for that. In DC. Batman and Robin. Right. I mean, just immediately, you know, or like, you know, then even you've got like Superman and Supergirl or you've got you know, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. Right. Like there's duos out the ass in DC. I can't think of a lot of. Eat and Scrappy. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, maybe, um... maybe like I think the first one I think was like Deadpool and Cable, which is like, Dep- I guess. Nope, that they had a duo book for a long time. Deadpool and Cable, Power Man right. and Iron Fist. So Luke Cage and Iron Fist are a big one. True. Um, uh, but there aren't a lot of... Uh, oh, the Hawkeye book that we love is a duo book. The Matt Fraction... Yeah, I've been sitting on that one. I haven't gotten Yeah, it's it Hawkeye been... and Kate Bishop Hawkeye. And Kate Bishop oh. Hawkeye shows up later on this list. So don't worry. Oh, yeah. I, that's another... I, I, I... That makes sense because I know that you love Kate Bishop and I know that you love these two ladies and obviously you would put them put two and two so together. I want, let's keep getting more of this list. I want more. I went for a, a, a couple different Spider-Man ones because Spider-Man has a huge cast of characters. Uh, sure. So one, Alison Brie as Jessica Drew Spider-Woman uh, and then Gillian Jacobs as a slightly older version of Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman that we saw in Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. I see it. Uh, then I went with uh, Philavel and Moondragon, who are space lesbians on the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. Uh, wow, I have literally never heard of those characters. Absolutely. Uh, they're great. They're on the current Guardians book. I would recommend that book very highly. Not, That's the. Uh, um, I need to read some of the currents. Space Yeah, lesbians. it's... Um, space lesbians. We do, we do yeah. love space lesbians in this house. We love uh, space lesbians, especially written by Al Ewing and drawn by Juan Cabal. Oh, wow. Uh, and then, yes. Uh, and then I had Kate Bishop Hawkeye on here for Allison. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I was like, who the hell is Gillian going to play? So I went with Laura Kinney Wolverine. They have a great team-up issue. Oh. And I said, sure, put those two characters together to legacy uh heroes love it let's stick it with that yeah that's fun i actually would really like that one and then if we wanted the last one i have if we wanted to do a villain thing as opposed to a two heroes thing yes um a slightly reworked version of the spider-man villain black cat uh who causes bad luck and at times the bad luck uh reflects back onto her so we threw that we throw that at gillian uh, but we change her from a character who is a Catwoman ripoff that makes sex puns into, like, a, a more well-rounded character. And then um, I was like, I don't know, throw Allison in. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of Spider-Man villains that they've done, like, new female versions of. So I said the version of Scorpion simply because it looks like her. You can't see my phone, but <laughs> trust me when I say. I, 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 nothing will ever spoilers for Into the Spider-Verse if you haven't seen it. First of all, if you haven't seen it, what? fix your life. Um, yeah. I know, but just literally when first time I watched it and there's that Doc Ock reveal, oh Dope. my God, <laughs> it was Dope. one of my favorite things I've ever seen in a movie where it was like, oh, we've got a, a, a woman Doc Ock. I was so hyped. I almost said that one, but I'm like, if we're going to put that one in live action, just let Katherine Hahn play it in real life as well. Like, she looks I, enough like the I character. actually don't change that cast at all if you're going to do it in real life, basically. That is the best film of all time. It might be the best movie ever made. <laughs> ever made. Ever made. Uh, ever uh, made. Not just superhero, not animated, uh, movie. Film of all time. Yes. Cinema. Cinema. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I end up I end up putting that one on about every six months or so, and I am never uh, disappointed. It's one of those movies where even if I'm like, let me just like, I'm like, I'll like, I, I you know, I'm getting new speakers or something, and I try on my speakers, or I'm I'm at a new space, and I'm like, oh, I want to check out this TV or these speakers. I'll put on that movie because, and I'll be like, let me just watch a little bit, let me just hear what it sounds like, and then I'll watch the whole damn thing because it sucks you in so good, so you good. <laughs> You thought you could only watch. I don't try a lot. I'm just thinking, like, I got new... My dad got me new speakers for my birthday, and I tried Spider-Verse, and I got trapped here at my childhood home, and I was like, oh, my dad's got his speaker and massive TV set up. Let me try it here. And then I got sucked in there, and then there's... I just... Anytime... I don't know. I look for an excuse to put it on, and then I end up... (laughs) Yeah. I think I think everybody has those like calibration uh, movies where it's like okay, new TV or new speakers. Let's let's take it for a test drive. Uh, and I think was the most disappointing realization ever, though. And this was this was something that I'm. I mean, their their video quality is quite good. They they compress that really effectively, but they crushed the crap out of their sound. I was like, ooh, let me put on. I tried Pirates of the Caribbean and I tried Endgame, right? Two movies with these famously well-known cinematic orchestrations, right? Mm-hmm. It was there was like nothing. I wanted that big like like I mean, I'm also still chasing the sound of like being in the theaters for Endgame. Disney Plus needs to fix their sound game. That's my that's my hot take for the season. Disney Plus has like a good selection of things depending on what you're looking for. It is the shittiest like video and sound quality of the major media apps. It really mm-hmm. like I um the the weekend that Chadwick Boseman died, I attempted to watch uh Black Panther on Disney Plus and it just like literally wouldn't play. Like the whatever like <laughs> version of Black Panther is streamed directly to uh, out of Disney Plus was being used too much that weekend, so I couldn't watch it. But I switched over to another property. I switched over to like Earth to Ned, uh, the puppet alien show, and it played just fine. So like I don't even know how that is logistically possible from a technical standpoint. That like whatever MP3 in a Google Drive they're using. <laughs> what it feels like they're using to play these movies people accessing this file right now go home right i don't like it and they'll be like but like no 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 but some of our star wars movies have good sound and it's like not watching that not watching solo (laughs) kevin just sits there just squints his eyes and shakes his head (laughs) not watching solo you can't make me i mean maybe hamilton's good i haven't watched hamilton in a minute have you heard of it have you heard of hamilton uh, oh, I saw it at the public. <laughs> Wait, did, don't don't you and Kat have a Hamilton podcast? Occasionally, occasionally we don't tell regularly. Only Patreons. Only Patreons get access to it. Yeah, wow. we don't talk about it. In well, the public. I mean, if that's the case, then I think all of these listeners should maybe. You well, know, I guess I suppose. Join maybe. join TV's Kevin Lanigan yeah. on uh, Patreon. You might as well chip in a dollar. How do you like that we jumped right into um uh, whatever the, the 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 promotional section of the podcast? Plugs, 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 plugs. How do you like that we jumped into plugs way early? One and two. The thing that you usually don't plug yourself, we're just like, hey, you should you should uh give money to this guy that hosts this thing. I mean, a dollar a month. 
deal. It's not a bad deal. It's better than the music you'd be hearing on the Disney Plus. It's cheaper than Disney Plus, And it's, it's better quality. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're supporting me instead of the evil mouse in his terrible empire. Uh, you are, uh, uh, you know, for as little as $1 a month, you get 50 episodes of Hamill Minute. Uh, you get a backlog of all of my uh, podcasts that you can't get anywhere else uh, that I used to host. Uh, listen, there's a lot of, you get uh, uh, advanced uh, copies of all of my written work. It's, listen, it's a pretty sp- brand spanking good deal. And if you're an archivist, if you're an archival type person, mm. you're someone who like lists. You like having all the references. You like being able to pull it out of your back pocket. I didn't think you were going to say back pocket just then. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded like a butthole. Pull it out of my back butthole. You're, no. <laughs> not, not back Yes, I, uh, I, in fact, never stopped, uh, but I'm going to forsake the Skype recording and take my chances on all the other things just because the Skype recording throttles the bandwidth. Uh, so we're just gonna, Dark we're just gonna take our chances. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan, Stanford. Stanford Pines of, what is that show? Twin Peaks. No, but it's like Fern the cartoon. Whoa, it's. The perfect intersection of those two. Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. Bingo. Yeah, Twin Peaks and Fern Gully. You're telling me that. <laughs> it just uh, uh, froze a little bit. I uh, when you were talking about Fern Gully. Uh, Fern, Gu- <laughs> Fern Gully is of course the cursed word that Skype hates to hear above all others. <laughs> it's like do not speak of this really esoteric role that Robin Williams did, which was honestly an amazing performance. A uh, rapping bat. Yeah. We all. As- through scientific experimentation and sings like a rap R&B number in the middle of it. Yes. Did that come in before or after the Bat character from Anastasia? Because someone should sue someone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm gonna go on a limb and say before, but I don't know. I want to see a crossover now. I that would be fun. Oh, let's. What are I would watch a movie of just famous cartoon bats. So we've got the bat from Anastasia, Fern Gully, Batman, Batman. That counts. Stella Luna. Stella <laughs> Luna. Oh my God. Stella Luna. Um, we started watching Gotham. Oh Christ. What are your thoughts on Gotham? That was quite the response. Gotham? I bailed on Gotham so hard and so fast. <laughs> it was just like... First time I started watching it, I got into the second episode. Yeah. And that's I, it. I could not. Like, in the third episode... Okay, so what I'm about to s- describe to you should be the greatest plot in the history of television. Is that they are the GCPD is tracking down a supervillain that ties people to weather balloons and floats them out of windows. And that's how he kills people. And that should be the greatest episode. That should be a Stone Cold classic. (laughs) And it is the worst. And it's also episode like four. And I'm like, you're telling me you ran out of ideas that quickly. (laughs) That you are strapping dudes to weather balloons. 
episodes in episode four of it's, your it's Because I've also heard that like later on that guy from Shameless ends up playing the Joker and it's a pretty decent portrayal of him. I just, I also want nothing to do with like Batman babies where it's like, what, Mr. <laughs> Freeze, but young. And I'm like, great. <laughs> Why aren't I just watching Batman if you're just going to put all of Batman's characters in this, but they're young. Like, oh, baby Catwoman. Don't you like that? And I'm like, yes, what I loved about Catwoman was not anything about her character. <laughs> yeah, what I loved was that she was a baby. I don't like anything else about the character. I like her name, and that is it. It is something really, there is something a bit odd about a character that's infamously known for being sexualized, represented as a child. Yeah. That's just kind of icky. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot that can be don't, written. Do not it. sexualize the children, Jeff. Don't We don't sexualize Annie. She's too young. <laughs> Please. Thank God. Like, we, this season opens so hard on Jeff Annie nonsense, and they very wisely have pulled out of that tailspin. Thanks. And God. And the season is so much better for their having, like, abandoned going on all in on that there's two reasons why the season gets better one they abandoned that and two they fully embraced just finding i'm not even going to call it a c plot a d plot for pierce where they can put him (laughs) by himself with maybe some supporting extra with one or two lines and be like this is what we're doing and then when he complained about not having enough screen time they gave him a sight gag post credit bumper with an ice cream cone machine that genuinely makes me angry. This is one of my least favorite bumpers ever. I hate food waste as part of mm-hmm. uh, as part of anything, but particularly as like a part of comedy because like he's really pumping ice cream out of that thing, and so like that really bothers me. Uh, I mean, and there's the- also the fact it's like Pierce is stupid, but I don't think he's stupid enough to not put the lever back up. I don't. Yeah. I buy it. He's an idiot, but he's not that dumb. He's a buffoon, but also in the pilot, he, like, squirts mayonnaise on a hot dog and puts it back in the machine, so, like, maybe he is that stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Or in this episode when he, like, gets an invention shoved up his butt, and Chevy, Chevy has never looked more like he didn't want to be on set that day than when he's like... They made him look so weird in costume and makeup. That was just the, the most bizarre choice. And he looks genuinely disturbed in that graveyard scene. Like, truly... Manic. Like, that man, he was going through some shit. They, he was not happy with that. I, I bet you that... For, they maybe like did like five takes and they were like Chevy it's not working I don't know what's going on I don't remember this scene we're gonna it's um, oh we're gonna talk about it it's 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 the wedding it's the wedding episode mm-hmm. and Shirley has finally believes that she got the got her sandwich shot to go into the cafeteria mm-hmm. but then uh, they find out that uh, nope they're giving it to Subway which is very exciting for the next couple of episodes mm-hmm. and then. Um, and then they're like, and then Britta's like, oh, Pierce will be fine. He's an adult. You know, yeah, he gets upset about stuff, but he'll be fine. And then it cuts to him screaming at the grave of his dead father. 
about how he doesn't own any sandwich shops and he looks truly deranged. He was either A, on so much cocaine, or two, just bitten by a rabid raccoon. <laughs> One of those two. <laughs> oh my goodness. With Fern going? There's no ra- no, no, the raccoon from the, from the Guardians in the Galaxy. Oh, Rocket Raccoon! Another MCU community crossover. Yeah, Bradley Cooper reprising his role <laughs> as Rocket Raccoon. Is the reason for Chevy Chase's weird-ass performance at the graveyard in this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. But this is, of course, Advanced Community <gasps> Studies, a podcast to retake a look at the American television comedy show Community. One or two episodes at a time. Uh, we are the first and foremost podcast in the Yahoo screen, the podcasting network. Yahoo! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and believe it or not, Annie, I come from a long line of wives and mothers. A long line of wives and mothers. Amazing. I am Jace. Hey, what's up? Hello. Hi, friends. I use they, them pronouns, and, um... There was a a line that when I first heard it, I was like, oh, that's my gender today. But I can't remember. So I'm just going to say that my gender today is I I am a Blorgon. And (laughs) I have recently learned how to take the form of a human being. And I'm Cat Scott. I'm not Caleb. I'm Cat Scott. Whoa. Whoa. And I I introduced these folks to each other. And yes, I'm a little bit sedated, but... Cat is my partner. Cat introduced me to Kevin and for an episode of Podcats. Podcats, which you can also check out on now TV's I, Kevin Levin. I'm much less famous than you. Yeah, I would say you're less famous. You're actually more exclusive. I think it's a higher. <laughs> That's what it is. I have, a, I have a paywall. You have a you have a paywall. The people don't get your content unless they pay the man premium <laughs> access. Speaking oh, we're gonna have to voices. speak in our inside voices. It's getting late in the residency. We're in Florida. We're in Florida. I'm so sorry. Just, do you do you wanna say why we're in Florida? Sure. Put me on the spot. You don't need to. I'm checking. You're, you're I don't. Put me like a circus freak. No, you're I don't. Me up on the stage. No, you, me. you know what? You know what, folks? I chopped my titties off, and I'm not afraid to say so. Whoa! Top surgery. I chopped them off myself. The uh, removal of the tits. I took a butter knife and I went, no more. <laughs> a hot butter knife. Nipples and all. Removed. Yeah, I actually don't have nipples. They had to write, apparently, it's procedure because of a few amputee cases gone wrong where they had Wait, to what? draw. So the reason that they draw on you during surgery that's like, d- don't, like, not this leg or like, not this. They put on my, <laughs> they put on my stomach no nipple graft to make sure that the surgeons did not in fact put, put nipples, nipples back, back on. on because <laughs> I did not want them on accident. What if they had done one and then for like wow. realized what but they like had done? a center nipple. Yeah. No, like what if they had done one being like, oh, and then they read it and then they're like, oh shoot, do you think they would have added a second or do you think they would have like haphazardly mm. removed their mistake or do you think they would have left one mm. we've got three options uh, which one do I think they would do or which one would be the most fun for me to imagine uh, I, mm. uh, I think it would be more fun for me to imagine than just being like fuck it leave the one <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. which one do I think they would do they'd probably remove it anyway I'm here I'm queer and you can follow me on Instagram, but it's private at Cat Scott ninety four. 
Exclusive. Plug and right up top. You gotta respect it. You gotta, you gotta respect the grift. <laughs> the grift! Shout out season one. Yeah, gotta respect the grift. Uh, but uh, we are we are now halfway through season three, so let's charge on into uh, these two episodes. Shall we? These must be some patient listeners to listen for like a full hour before you actually open the show. <laughs> They've come to expect it. Now they're, they're, they're used a, to it by now, I'm sure. Yeah, they're used to it by now. It's getting longer and longer. Uh, we're either going to have to rein it in or... <laughs> <laughs> it's just something they're gonna have to get used to um i there's also a good chunk of this episode that's coming out because it's just troubleshooting technical difficulties so we're gonna lose five ten minutes in there but um yeah, out of an hour so you know yeah still out 55. of what i'm sure will be close to an hour and a half by the time we're done here but uh yeah. it, for i had to close the browser tab where i have the information so i don't know who wrote or directed this episode but it's season three episode 11 urban matrimony and the sandwich arts shirley and andre decide to renew their vows and as a cost-saving measure for them and the show community they're going to do it in the study room uh at the same time (laughs) troy and abed attempt to be normal britta realizes that she's very good at being a domesticated housewife and shirley and pierce try to sell their sandwich idea sandwich shop idea to the dean I was just saying, this is one of those episodes where it's like, they, they tried a couple new things with structure, which I'm sure we'll get into. But, like, as far as, like, cutaways to just, like, text on a blank screen, you know? or But they also did it a little bit in the next episode, too, with, like, cutaways to, like, simple graphics. Interest, just interesting stuff. I, I, don't, I don't know what the influ- inspiration for that was. But this episode, structurally, as far as, like, what each of the characters does is a really exciting one and i think on that basis it's like when you look at it as an idea it's like oh this could be one of the best episodes but for some reason i don't think it fully executes one of the best episodes i think it's i mean i still think it's a very 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 good episode it is one of my higher up ratings i think but like just with the Troy and Abed plotline as doing just like less, what's the most ridiculous thing we can do with them? Why don't we do the exact opposite of what everybody would expect? Troy comes out of the imag, imag, imagine the dreamatorium. Dreamatorium. My you are thinking of the breathing. Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. I, I am. Think. I am. Or Mr. Well, Magorium's Wonder Emporium. You are thinking of yeah. One of the two. <laughs> one um, of the two. But like, <laughs> no. But they come out of the Dreamatorium, and. Troy's wearing uh, Pierce's dead father's uh, ebony... Solid ivory. (laughs) Ivory, that's it. Uh, Ebony is a wood. Ebony and ivory Uh, live together in perfect harmony. Perfect perfect harmony. It's a piano key reference. Um, Then, uh, just like that's a really fun line. And then we get uh, this really wonderful execution of how, like, uh, Jeff and Britta have these separate storylines that somehow managed to mix at the very end which is really fun i think this is a really i think this is one of the strongest shirley plot lines i think it's probably because it's one of the only true shirley plot lines that we really get in the whole show i like the meta reference to it being conceptual but that people (laughs) oh when uh, it's almost too conceptual to follow Oh, uh, with uh, yeah. with Jeff and Britta. Exactly. And I, I was it. like, me too. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, think like, yeah. this is like honestly potentially like a perfect episode. I don't think it it is executed as a perfect episode, but it's like it's pretty damn close. But it leaves me feeling really emo. No, not this one. Oh, I guess that's it's the, the build. Next one. I guess that's it's the, the build. That's the, that's the next one. That's the, uh, the next one. Be really too. Yeah. Kat, I am. I am curious. We didn't get this uh, background information on you. What is your uh, relationship, if any, to the show Community? I have a really complicated relationship to Community. I started watching it in high school, and I had this like close friend who was who's now a comedian, and um, he and. He, he like based his entire personality mostly on this and Bo Burnham, and I like. Mm. And you sure now, you're talking about me? <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting. He was a friend that sort of predated you. I feel like there was the high school version, and there was a college. But I, I would keep adopting comedian friends in my life, and he was the first one. And um, adopting broken men just. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, exactly. I, I kept. I guess I was trying to acquire that maybe there's an identification there. There's projecting there. I'm sure this is like mm. going way into Do my it. psyche. I yeah. guess, but um, I uh, it it made me feel intelligent watching it as like a 14, 15 year old being able to like identify with all of the different references and. I really connected with Troy and Abed, and it wasn't something that the other girls that I associated with were watching, but it was something that like made me like quirky, unique, manic pixie dream squirrel. And so I would stay up, this is very circular, but I would stay up for hours and hours on Skype talking about community to this close friend. Mm-hmm. And I like not just community, but like whatever comedic stuff, but it was like Bo Burnham and community mostly at the time. And um, once that, like, friendship turned romantic and then turned tragic, I think community fell by the wayside because I think I, <laughs> uh, I think I identified too much that friendship with this show. And so I didn't really revisit it until um, this, this go-around, but it was, like, a really big part. I, th- I think it really inspired me, especially watching, like, Donald Glover, like, his career wow. from this. It kind of helped track, like, how I wanted my career to go. I think I looked to the show a lot as, like, where I wanted to sort of build my adult life and then and then threw it away because I was sad and an emo teen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I do think back on it as being, like, foundational for, like, my sense of humor and like structure and like structure of comedy and like um it's weird because when i would think about community i'd be like oh yeah that was a good show but i like wouldn't let myself really reflect on it so it's been kind of interesting revisiting it while jace has been on this podcast because i'm like i didn't yeah kind of had let it go for a while so it's been nice to come back like an old friend. Yeah, I'm like wow, I'm, I'm a new person seeing this, with new eyes. No tits. Yeah, no tits, and also the jokes are funnier <laughs> now that I am an adult and not a fourteen-year-old. That's true. I mean, like, there, I mean, of course, Donald Glover. A lot of his jokes are, you know, just his. I don't know if you noticed this. He's really good at physical comedy. What? <laughs> And I think those are really resonant to the youthful audiences just because some of the jokes 
go over my head even now, and I'm 20... How, am I 25? I'm 25, and they still go over my head. <laughs> but Donald Glover and Danny Pudi always slaps. 100%. Well, thank you for, for sharing, Kat. I appreciate you, you lending that, that light onto this. Um, yeah, thanks for putting on the, the fancy voice for the fancy story. Yeah. It was a fancy time. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> I am a fan, see? <laughs> uh, hey. I love that. But I, this is an episode the, that has really snuck up on me over the years of how mm-hmm. much it has grown in my esteem. Uh, because you're, you're right when you talk about that they are like expanding the comedy language of community constantly. Uh, you know, we are, we are always, they're never satisfied with just telling the same jokes in the same way over and over and over again. So now we're bringing in, like, this use of over-black title cards, this use of, like, cartoon visualizations, especially across these two episodes, that, like, in mm-hmm. this one you have Jeff's, like, heart roulette of where he's gonna end yeah. up. Um, and then in the next episode with the, like, expanding... Uh, visualization of the Apple ego and then into like Chang, Chang literally Chang. thinking in like word pro- like math problems like it's <laughs> he's, he's I think the best part about that not to get into that episode just quite yet but the best part of that is uh, his freaking is his, Ken Jung's face when they do that where it's just that blank freaking oh my god just just like mouth breathing drool <gasps> Just this, like, mouth-breathing drool. It's just so good. That was the sink. They were getting water. <laughs> oh, okay. But it actually timed out very well with what you were saying. <laughs> just uh... worked out um, uh, very, very well. In addition to that, within this episode, you have, like, a completely unique and interesting Troy and Abed plot uh, with, like, them attempting to be normal and taking it too, too, too far as far as their extrapolation, that normal people are going to be, like, boring and disinterested and not have emotional reactions to anything. Uh The triumphant return of Annie's boobs. Yes, uh, Annie's boobs pop out of the vent once again. And then you have um, one of my favorite Britta plots of all time that is, like, so key to my understanding of this character, to my ability to write... 6,400 words about this character. I don't know how you did it. Um, did it. That she is struggling against, like, uh, uh, her, her own prowesses. And if she is good at that thing, does that then invalidate the rest of her identity that she's chosen for herself? If she is indeed a good homemaker and a good wedding planner, does that mean that everything <laughs> else about her life is moot? And, and that is a... Uh-huh relatable struggle and her manifesting that in getting too drunk and almost marrying Jeff Winger for the second time. Second time. I'm just thinking now of the, when, uh, the, the, when they meet the floral arranger, uh, the florist. <laughs> floral arranger? The florist. What is wrong with me? They meet the florist. Either pronunciation is fine. And Annie goes, oh, well then let's just do pink. And he goes, no, 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 no. We don't call anything by what it's actually called. <laughs> It's just such a good joke. This is Cerulean, this is Iridescent, this is Camo, and this, this is just like, <laughs> The one that got me is Camo. It's like, what, because, there's something really funny about that one to me. Not like a laugh out loud, like, ha, 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 funny, but just the idea that, like, Camo was designed for people to blend in with plants. 
So to refer to a plant as camo is this weird mental loop. It's just good stuff. It's exquisite. That exchange between Britta and Jeff on the altar is uh, incredible. What about kids? What about them? How many? I don't know, Dick. Like it's up to me. Pick a number. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Dick. Like, it's up to me. <laughs> we're getting married. What does it look like we're doing? Uh, this, like, <laughs> great string out of that. And and the Brita version of this is a really good reflection of kind of Shirley's struggle in this episode as well of can mm. I be an entrepreneur? Can I indeed have it all? Can one woman really have it all? Uh, and if Shirley is a homemaker, is she not then also a sandwich entrepreneur? And if she is a sandwich entrepreneur, does that mean she cannot be a wife and mother of three? And it's these it's these interesting questions that like humans go through, and it's obviously extrapolated through this bizarre kaleidoscope that community shoots all of its emotional conflicts through. But right. it's resonant all the same if you take a second and you really like ponder it and and think about it. When I think about this episode, it's interesting. When I watch it, I'm like, this is a good episode. But when I think about this episode, I go, this might be one of the best episodes. It's interesting that for some reason, like, my visceral response isn't the same for this as my intellectual response to it. Uh, which, you know, I mean, they're never, they're not always lined up with community. They tend to be pretty quickly. But this one is an interesting gap. It's like I am obsessed with the idea of this episode and even the episode itself but when watching it it's like a different i don't i don't the comedy hits different in this one i can't put my finger on it i don't know why it's like i love this episode i could probably watch this episode a million times and still love it and find new things as i do with just about any episode i feel we i like i i feel almost bad i'm about the level at which i like it i want to like this more than i do and it's i don't dislike it at all I actually like it a lot, but I want to like it more than I do, and I can't quite quantify that. I feel like I'm talking in circles. I don't even know how to say what I'm trying to say. You know no, what I mean? No, but I do. I do reach what you're getting at there. And even though, like, you know, this episode probably isn't as immediately iconic as uh, right. Basic Rocket Science, the KFC Space Bus episode. But mm -hmm. there's all these great jokes and all these great emotional cores that run through it that have, have brought it up and up and up in my esteem, even if it's not as immediately recognizable as right. ABBA Zombies. And in the same way, mm -hmm. like, if season two of this show was about the study group questioning its relationship, its its existence as a group, you know, with the pen episode and, and the flashbacks mm -hmm. episode, like what are we as a unit? Can we all indeed exist together? Does bringing in or excluding someone fundamentally alter what this is unto mm -hmm. itself? Season three is about these individuals questioning yeah. who I am I right. and what do I bring to the forefront here? Britta has been questioning her identity all season. Uh, the Troy and Abed relationship is going through these various, like, ebbs and waves, and we're about to hit a huge pocket of, like, who are these two in their relationship to each other. And as individuals, right? We, right. They started as individuals, and they've been merging this whole time, and now we're finally going to see what is it like when we try and pull the two sides of the Velcro apart. I think I think you said the word that kind of resonated with me was iconic. I don't find this episode as iconic as the other ones. I don't find that it has 
in a sense, that kind of speaks to what makes this episode so brilliant is that it's not – there's so many episodes where there's something – there's either a bit that is just so outrageous and so funny or so outlandish and unexpected. Like there's things that make us remember them forever. And in this one, it really is just like – it fundamentally relies on really, really great character analysis and exploration and it's executed perfectly in that sense and i think that's exactly why i want to like it more but that's because there's this absurdity that i'm used to with this show and this episode i mean the most absurd thing it does is it has it says we're gonna have a, a wedding rehearsal in the study room and then it turns into the actual wedding and they had an actual wedding in the study room and that is completely bizarre totally weird and like outlandish but it's not the same thing as getting stuck in a kfc flight simulator and being driven out into the desert like it's you know it's right but that is almost what makes it stand out to me exactly because now the show has become so accustomed to these conceptual uh genre homage episodes and now it, it, it hits a similar chord to me that my favorite episode, Mixology Certification, does, where it's like it, mm-hmm. in between all of these bizarre conceptual episodes. You know, like Mixology Certification is right between conspiracy theories and claymation Christmas. And it's it mm-hmm. almost shines out brightest because it's in between those really conceptual episodes and it instead does a much mm-hmm. more toned down character piece this episode does the same thing like sandwich between glee christmas and the like literal cartoon that's the episode after (laughs) this that like it almost kind of really rings out is like right these are great characters that we still really really love as people on top Mm. of uh abilities to convey genre yeah i think i think that just that conceptual nature i think what you're saying about like that um like Troy's birthday, you know, uh, the drinking episode, like that one isn't as conceptual and it makes it stand out. And this one fits in that same vein. I would argue that even though that it's not uh, conceptual, Troy's birthday does have an element of the iconic in it, Mm. in that we're in a completely new environment. There's a huge new reveal on Shirley yeah. There's developments with, like, you know, like, there's fast, I mean, but at the same time, I would 100% parallel it to this episode in its excellence of just one of those few moments where you look at, you look at this show and you go, oh, they really know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And these characters are really strong and really solid. And, uh, oh, you're yawning. I also, <laughs> yeah, what was your question? Well, I my question was, um... I can't remember anything that Allison Brie did in this episode. That's my critique. Mm, she I really can't. just has a couple appearances. She the wedding planning book. Yeah. Oh, the wedding planning book. Yeah. She she yeah, comes honestly, in and is like, "You're cordially invited to the disaster wedding of the century." You know, like she has a couple like singers, but she doesn't have a plot. <laughs> yeah, that's the one part. Is it does a really good. It shows the reversal of a lot of characters because like, it shows the. Try an Abed reversal. Like we'll do a reversal if everyone's doing mm. a reversal, and then we see Shirley. Like is Shirley going to make the reversal from like one thing to the to the business thing? Mm. And and it almost bothered me at the beginning 
when Britta planted, like, hey, remember when you wanted to start a business? You should do that right now. And then <laughs> the rest of the episode's like, but she has to get married. And it's like, but you should start a business right now. And, like, the stakes were confusing to me. <laughs> I was like, why Why does it all have to happen in this very moment? Like, just remembering, why didn't, why didn't you pick this up sooner? Why does this have to happen now? Like, why suddenly do you need to start a business while you also suddenly need to get married. The urgency is strange. But then I also really liked the reversal of, this is, these are my two cents before I like maybe pass out and my Benadryl pass out again. But <laughs> um, the other thing I really liked was when Troy and Abed, which, which things they chose to be normal when they're deciding to be normal, that's what I like. It's like, even when they are normal, they're very like deliberate about like this is what a normal is, this, and that's what I liked most about it, and that's what kept me watching it. And like, it was just like that was that. Ovid walking up with a plate of shrimp. Just like you knew whatever was going to come out of their mouth, like you were going to laugh at it, and so you were just like, "What are they going to say? That's normal. Like, what is normal to them? Is is." funny objectively I, like whatever Abed <laughs> thinks is normal is objectively funny yeah that's true. yeah I, I i love there's one moment that i actually went back and watched twice this watch through of this episode and it's wild because it feels like it came right out of like some goofy freaking rom-com where britta walks up to fix Abed's tie and says, I'm going to make a man so happy one day. And he goes, Woo, hey, slow down there. <laughs> or whatever that moment is. So straight, dude. It's, it's so, and so then, funny. And then you see, and then as Britta walks off, you see Troy, it, like as she clears away from Troy, you see him go, hey now. And it's just, <laughs> oh my God. It's like perfect perfected like dad humor like dad at a wedding humor like no it's not dad at a wedding humor it's dad when he finally leaves the house and is now surrounded by all the family friend dads and they're uh-huh. trying to out dad joke the dads <laughs> you know what i'm talking about man Absolutely. i wish caleb was here for this moment yeah I'd love caleb, to hear yeah what his thoughts were. but like that moment right. where it's patch like, that in patch that in <laughs> there was a comedian i saw one time I think it was just like this lesbian comedian on TikTok. She's great. I can't remember her name because I'm wow worst. Wow. Um, but she was literally, she has this whole bit where she talks about, she's like, why is it that men are constantly trying to like tell me jokes? Like when I'm in line trying to get food, why are you, why are you turning to, I don't know you. Why did you turn to me and tell me a joke? Like, what is this? That's what that feels like. That hey now, whoa! Well, this this line must be the local. (laughs) Right, exactly. That what is that? It's so funny. Yeah, and they they, Troy and I perfectly nail that. (laughs) Absolutely. Even their normal is is too conceptual to to function. Uh, When 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 is uh when um Shirley's husband? What's his name? Andre. Andre, yes. When Andre goes, are you being sarcastic? He's like, I'm being very sincere right now. We're very You're... invested in your situation. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> uh, I think this is I think this is Malcolm Jabal Warner's last appearance. But man, Andre's good every time. So funny. That's a good, solid straight man. He actually does a really great job to foil Troy and Abed in this circumstance, which is exciting because usually their foil is reality. What? Yeah. But then when they are in reality, Jeff? Then who, I like, maybe, maybe. 
I like the idea of like an outside like dad presence coming into Troy and Abed's idea of what normal is and being like, no, you're still weird. <laughs> that's what I, I liked that mirror. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Let's segue into our second episode here. Let's do uh, it. Let's Vespa. Season three, episode 12, uh, Contemporary Impressionists. Again, sorry, don't have the details in front of me for the sake of bandwidth. Uh, but in this episode, Abed has racked up such a debt to the local celebrity lookalike company uh, that the study group all have to perform at a bar mitzvah uh, to recuperate Abed's debt. Uh, at the same time, Jeff is losing control of his ego and eventually turns into a rage monster. Um, and, a Hulk Ryan Seacrest. Uh, yeah, Seacrest Hulk, you're a Meshugana. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Uh, this, if nothing else, you know, this is not one of my favorite episodes, but it's fine. Like, it's fine. There's a lot of good laughs in here. However, I would say this is like the opposite of that previous episode for me. For sure. Like, but like it did. Like, super iconic, but not my favorite 100%. at all. But it did give us Jim Rash reacting to. <laughs> incredibly hot Jeff and falling to the floor oh, and like best. Full, his, shadow. Oh, his shadow oh his shadow just like that moment and like the amount of setup that they execute with this in regards to like we're setting up the blanket fort plot we're setting up we're setting up the blanket fort we're setting up Chang and his minions yes, his child um, soldiers uh yeah we're we're laying it's really good setup episode um shrouded in several several deep layers of iconic memorable concept uh, but it really bizarre happenings inspector it's gadget too inspector yeah french uh, stewart is in this one um as so what, uh, yeah, french stewart saying that he was a french stewart impersonator Okay, MVP of this episode is indeed French Stewart as Vinny, the French Stewart impersonator, who Brilliant. kills me so many times in this episode. And it's like, well, when the <laughs> the well of looking like French Stewart drives up, and everyone's like, oh, French Stewart, that's it. <laughs> uh, as someone that was raised on sitcom reruns, French Stewart was like a huge figure <laughs> of my young what life. Oh, he was on, I think, Third Rock from the Sun, but he was all uh, over the place for a while. Uh, it was and Inspector Gadget and Inspector Gadget 2. Just yeah, 2. Like, the first Inspector one. Gadget, like, that's I was Matthew like, no, it was Matthew Broderick, Broderick was Inspector and I was Gadget. Like, no, that's, I swear to God, that's Inspector Gadget. That, and, that man is in my childhood brain. And then upon looking it up, it was. Inspector Gadget 2. It became obvious that they just recast Inspector Gadget for the When sequel. they made a cheaper direct to VHS sequel to Inspector Gadget. <laughs> they didn't have what Broderick money, Stuart they had Stuart money. Is doing right now. What do you think? Who is it? Matthew right Broderick or French Stewart? French Stewart. What do you think he's doing right now? What is French Stewart doing 2020, right now? Right this very moment as we're recording. Yeah. Which coast is he on? If he's in California, he's probably eating dinner. Gotta imagine if, it's West. Gotta imagine he's a West Coast guy. He doesn't strike me as a Wallace Shawn New York guy. No. I bet French Stewart is in season three of some sitcom. Like, he's been on some sitcom I've never heard of for like 10 French years. French Stewart is actually listening to our podcast right now. He's been keeping up with uh, the community watch through at uh, Advanced Community Studies. Waiting for his episode. Waiting for his episode. Waiting for his shout out. We should reach out to him and try and get him on. 
Uh, yeah, I would love that. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, like, uh, what was it like to work with this chaos group? What was it like being the standout of this episode? Yeah, what was it like threatening to break Danny Pudi's legs? I send two guys that look like Ving Rames, Ving Rames and Michael Chiklis to your friend's home, and they pretend to break his legs. But the secret is, they really do it. So uh, good. It's a beautiful bit. I was half right of what French Stewart was up to. He's been on a sitcom for seven years but it is a sitcom I've heard of. It's Mom with Anna Ferris and Allison Janney. Wow. He's the chef oh, cool. at the restaurant that uh, Anna Ferris works at. Oh. So that is uh, what French Stewart uh, has uh, been up to. And honestly, I got nothing but respect for French Stewart. I don't know anything about him personally. But like a guy that works consistently like nice for guy. 30 years, seems nice enough to keep getting work for 30 years. Uh, I got nothing but respect for a guy like French Stewart, who's just he he books like. and he's not too proud. Hmm, I wonder, yeah. I wonder what his house looks like. I wonder what his family's like. I wonder. I bet his house is nice, but not overly gaudy. You know, he had. I don't know why, for some reason, my brain imagined two things: the house is green. Can't tell you why. Sure. And he has a giant. That's green. Claw. In the foyer. From Claw? From his no, arch nemesis from Inspector Claw? Gadget. Two. Yeah, Inspector Gadget, exactly. Two. Claw. Two. Inspector, Inspector Gadget, Gadget two. 2. Pardon me. <laughs> I, I, I ask forgiveness. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to French Stewart, who's listening right now. I have crossed the line. I am so sorry, French Stewart. Uh, French Stewart, whatever it Please. is you want me to do, I will do it. I For a recompense, I will do whatever it is you need me to do. He has a great little face. He has a great face. Such a, I would kill as an actor for a face like that. You know what Kevin, I mean? French Stewart gets his own Marvel movie. Who is he playing? Oh my god, He's, he could totally be Paul Rudd's like whatever in Ant Man, just like some yeah. guy. He he <laughs> could be the Ant Man straight to DVD. Ant Man. Oh, <laughs> Ant Man three. It's not actually part of the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. It's <laughs> just like a DVD release. The <laughs> <laughs> if they're like, oh, we want to make Ant Man three, but let's just make it for the for Disney Plus, you know, straight to Disney Plus. <laughs> so we're gonna put French Stewart. I would watch that. I would hundred percent. I'd be there day one for French Stewart Ant Man. I would slot him in as a Fantastic Four villain, but not Doctor Doom. I would slot him in as like the Mad Thinker or Mole Man or Silver Surfer. Could you imagine? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm the Silver Surfer. I'm the I'm the Herald of Galactus. <laughs> That's the fucking worst idea I've ever heard, and I want it to happen tomorrow. <laughs> the listeners, if you could have seen Kevin's face just then doing that impersonation of French Stewart as as, as Norrin Rad the Silver Surfer. Uh, unfortunately, I do think they nailed the Silver Surfer casting the first time with Lawrence Fishburne in Fantastic Four 2 Rise of the Silver Surfer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just Um, royally fucked up Galactus. Yeah, I mean, the movie's terrible, but, like, Lawrence Fishburne (laughs) is the guy to do it. Oh, for sure. If you want, especially if it's vocal only. Is the Silver Silver Surfer Surfer, the Capri Sun character? (laughs) (laughs) Capri Sun character? All right. This, this reference I'm not getting. I'm going on the on the package of a Capri Sun. There's a surfer, and your partner is suggesting that we are adapting that character for the screen. <laughs> 
that, that we are taking the it's a team up movie the Hawaiian it's punch guy <laughs> the Hawaiian the punch guy the no, chimp I feel like when I was a kid there were these commercials for Capri Sun where they would like turn translucent and they would, like, <gasps> oh my god they did you yeah I think whoa. yeah I think that's correct I think that's correct deep in the recesses of my brain you're so right that is exactly what Silver Surfer looked like <laughs> no, <laughs> he looked yeah, like abs- a creepy like like it was air airheads, their heads got gigantic yeah. and they flew into the sky. Caprice who turned into a metalloid creature. Yeah, <gasps> gushers who turn into a fruit. Um, well, yeah. Well, I ate a bunch of gushers and look at me now, Dad. Uh, but Lawrence uh... Fishburne was the Capri Sun Silver Surfer in the movie. In the movie, yes. In the movie, <laughs> I can't picture it. I can't picture Lawrence Fishburne becoming translucent. He didn't become. He was always. He he's what? In no, not in real life. In the movie, he was always metallic. Yes, he does not. He does not metallic down. Like he stays Panther. metallic. And in uh, fact, it's not like the Black Panther suit or the Iron Man armor, where it just like kind of like appears. So on I'm you. fully misremembering Fantastic Four, and I'm only. We should thinking, watch it. I think what I've no. done in my brain is I've been like Jessica Alba. Oh, don't, don't do that. Don't. Why Jessica would you do with a nosebleed? That guy with the jaw. The guy who turns on Captain fire. America. And then I think my brain just put the Capri Sun commercial into the supercut of <laughs> what Fantastic Four is. And, like, it, it's just misremembered the entire That's thing. That's remarkable. <laughs> I love that so much. The power galactic has little or no relation to Sunny, <laughs> to Capri Sun pouches. Sunny D. Uh, to Sunny D. Unleash the power of the sun. Uh, contains 5% juice. But uh, this... And oh 95% sun. And not... 95% it's sun. Just, it's just hot energy <laughs> in a pouch. You can tell how interested we are in this episode of Community by how long this I Capri mean, Sun bit is going it's on. like, yep, Jeff turns into a Ryan Seacrest Hulk creature, and Britta is white Michael Jackson. Yeah, and Troy is black Michael Jackson. Jackson recently died... Did he? Die? He must have died fairly soon before this episode. I, I feel like it was within that year. Yeah, it was. It was Nine? close. I think it was a few years before that because this is early. I mean, the wave of Michael Jackson's passing lasted a bit of time, especially because the "This Is It" documentary also came out after that, and Michael Jackson was such a massive force. Michael I Jackson think it was also died. A really weird race joke that they were yeah, making to look too. at Donald Glover and be like. I miss him so much. And then he just goes, me too. Uh, Michael Jackson died June 25th, 2009. So the show Community and Michael Jackson never existed at the same time. So what what year was this season? Uh, so season three kicks off. This this episode aired in 2012. Uh, they took a three-month so three break between Glee Christmas and these two episodes. That feels, I mean, three years still feels like within the window of, like, people were still, like, that was a huge death. Michael Jackson was a massive cultural moment. Absolutely. I remember feeling complicated about the choice, uh, that choice of, of Britta and, um. Having, It's having, a weird comedic choice. It does lead to. Reverse blackface? Reverse blackface? Whiteface? <laughs> What? Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Britta playing, being a black person that doesn't have a black face. I white face. Yeah. We watched a production of Cats recently. Oh my god. 
They're talking about when I was in Cats. Twice. Twice. Oh, that was the Cats on your Instagram story. Okay. Yes, both of those were me as a child and as a young child. 2006 and 2016. Yes, when I was in fourth grade and when I was between sophomore and junior year of college. Wow. And you'd be surprised which ones, like, what's stronger (laughs) in what areas. But there was a cat in whiteface singing memory oh yes the in in my elementary school the girl that played grizabella was a young black girl um and she had her outfit was mostly black and all the stuff but for some stupid stupid reason they decided you know what we're gonna do for grizabella we're gonna paint her face completely white that seems distracting why not just let her face be black she's wearing a black outfit she's a black girl and they were like white face it did not make any sense that's why that's why very silly yeah that was what would look silly about my fourth grade production of cat <laughs> that and only that that was the i will say the rum tum tugger was a good choice he actually did a good job i'm not gonna lie to you i'm being completely serious when i say the kid that played rum tum tugger in fourth grade was better than the guy that played it when I was in college. And I'm not I'm not even being facetious. He was literally better. Wow. I don't know which which of your roles I prefer. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they can exist separately. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to sort this out here. We don't have to judge art against art. That being said, we are about to rank two community episodes. Let's do it! Alright, so yeah, it seems like, uh, you know, this is a fine episode. It seems like we were completely disinterested. We did it. I mean, this, I mean, like you said, the part of this episode that is worth talking about is uh, Dean, Dean Felton falling to the floor because Jeff is wearing aviators. Oh! I like the bar mitzvah. Uh, I like the structure of the bar mitzvah, though. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah. I like how big it is. I like that they went all out. That this dorky dad went all out <laughs> for this kid to do this award show That's and have him very win, bar and have him win all these awards. I loved it, I, and I loved the like divorcee moms. Yeah, like, yeah, I who are so horny for Jeff. I liked the world that this show existed in. No, that's very true. I also there's I, there's something I don't think it's been done in any prior episodes when Chang is in Dean in the Dean's office and Dean just calls him Ben. Yeah. Like we can't do that, Ben. And for some reason, it tickles me that he calls him Ben because I forget that his name is Ben Chang. Yeah, Benjamin Franklin Chang. If we're going with oh his God, full. His full legal name. Uh, yeah. Franklin. Very funny. Uh, very good. Uh, I also love just a brief uh, tidbit, uh, a, br- a great musical joke on the old Incredible Hulk TV show, where when sad Jeff Hulk is walking along the highway, they're playing basically the old piano music from the Lou Ferrigno uh, 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 Incredible Hulk yeah. TV show. And it's very, it's a very subtle, fun uh, audio joke if you if you're into that sort of thing it's really good the thing that i noticed from that moment is that they went the extra mile to rip up the bottom of his pants for no reason just Love so it. he was more hulk like so he was more hulk like uh it's it's beautiful it's a it's a fun enough episode it's just it, there's not there's not a lot of there there it's a lot of setup you know you have this weird um uh, you know, set up for the Troy and Abed conflict that we're about to spend two episodes covering. But this episode fits into a weird place 
where we enter into this episode and they're saying like, welcome back from break. How was Christmas break? But we like just did the wedding episode after the Christmas episode. So like, was the wedding in late December? (laughs) What? What is the chronology here? I mean, the simple answer is that these episodes got switched up in the airing order and they went with the stronger episode first. It was a simple like, whoop. Um, I think this episode was probably supposed to go before the Glee Christmas episode, but because NBC was like, actually, we're going to take Community off the air for three months and we don't know when you're coming back. So three months, sorry, we said that. We don't know when you're coming back. Uh, They probably like aired Glee Christmas saved this episode for whenever they came back and then had this weird like welcome back from break even though we've already done an episode that's back right. from break. yeah i have a feeling that it was mostly just had to do with like airing schedule as to why they were like welcome back from break as some sort of stupid meta moment yeah because it also to have put this episode anywhere other than directly before these next pillow for like the blanket pillow fort conflict stuff would not have made sense wouldn't it wouldn't have it wouldn't have carried over properly it would have that that deep that's this episode does end on a really upsetting note like it's really sad (sighs) just to see troy and abed like not vibing and then abed going into the dreamatorium and seeing darkest timeline abed hot 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 Hot, hot, hot. Yeah. That was hilarious, <laughs> that was good. That did yeah, break attention for me. It made me feel okay. Yeah. <laughs> like they know what they're doing great. on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's let's do as we always do and rank, because it's getting pretty late Eastern Standard Time. Um, let's see. Mm-hmm. The first end tag, Pierce and the Ice Cream Machine. Uh, I am down here pretty low on our end tags rank. What is the lowest number? Uh, 57, the... And what is Trader Audition? That's when they're auditioning for the cool study group, and they basically just do part of the Spanish rap again. It's Yeah, it's this nothing. is gonna be number 58 for me. <laughs> wow, even beneath that? Yeah. You don't like this episode, then? No, we're talking about the end tags first. Oh. No, because Trader Audition at least has something referential in it. I will admit that, that this is nothing, but... The other, it's, Trader Audition is just a retread of what has come before. I would rather put this as the new 57, (laughs) if we're being arbitrary. Just like... Which one's one's crossword? That's where they're doing a crossword puzzle, and the answers are first names of the study group. Accidentally. Like, it's just like, what is a a filter for water? If you want to put this as 57, what what do you think? The episode we just talked no, about? No, the bumper where the Pierce bumper. is just pouring ice cream down into an ice cream pan. I don't even remember it, so I can't okay. contribute. Uh, okay. If you want to put it as 57, go for it. I just don't like this. It's either Thanks. the last or second to last for me, and I'll be okay. Okay, I'll put it uh, second to last. Uh, Pierce and the we ice cream. We rate the bumpers as well. Uh, and, and now uh, the other bumper, the other completely forgettable Chang. bumper. Uh, yeah, Chang as Patton. Uh, this a, one is a... also forgettable. It's pretty nothing below dildopolis for me yeah i think so below wow i misspelled brita in one of these there we go uh brita declares her major you know what i'm new 54 because it's just above ymc chang for me yeah uh oh you can you can you can bump it that's my region (laughs) 
I'm going to put it below Britta Declares Her Major, above screens where they're just all looking at their phones. Um, yeah, I'll allow it. I'll if allow or, it. For if sure. or nothing else, then that I appreciate a good Patton reference, but that's it. Now into the good stuff. Episode rankings. So as Episode. you and I discussed, this is going to be pretty high up there. <laughs> I agree, um, actually. I think this is going to be very high up there. So, um, let's, so it's not it's not top ten. It's not better no, than conspiracy. Okay, which one's cooperative calligraphy? That's not Annie's pen. That is the pen episode. Okay, we can go a little lower. Yeah, it's not as good as Annie's pen or Glee Christmas. I don't think it might be. I'm gonna say it's above basic rocket science. I agree with you. As much as I like basic rocket science, I love this episode, and mm-hmm. I'm very glad we're on the same page here. I don't. I uh, contemporary American poultry is where things get interesting. Chicken fingies. Chicken fingies. Which one's epidemiology again? I always. That's ABBA zombies. Oh God! Uh, I actually think that this might be seventeen, just below chicken fingies. I agree that it's not as good as chicken fingies, and I. uh, But it's still top twenty, and that's something to be proud of, especially for season three. This is season three's second placement in the top 20 is that um well we have remedial chaos theory up here oh sorry third wow but that's i mean it's not that season three is not good it's just look at the fucking competition look at the fucking (laughs) competition um and uh okay urban matrimony in the center starts so the next one is contemporary impressionists I see you scrolling down. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> so, so far, our lower... Well, okay. So last week, we reviewed the foosball episode. I don't think this is as good as the foosball episode. Our current number 41. I agree. It's not as good. It's not as good. So we keep we keep a scroll. We keep a scrolling. Is um, it better or worse than the pilot? Oh, man. That... That's a tough call. Because there's a lot of good jokes in this. A lot of good jokes in this. I do think I am going to give the edge to the pilot. I, I'm i going to agree. Which one, Politics of Human Sexuality? STD That's Fair. A, oh, it's below that one. Yeah, I love the STD Fair. Ooh, okay. Scrolling down. We're still going. Oof, this one did not do so hot. Did not um, do so hot. And it's not that it's bad. This, these are, it's not that it's bad. There's just a lot of good episodes. A lot of good episodes of the television show Community. I like it more than the season one finale. Uh, Pascal's Triangle Revisited. Which one's that? That has, of course, the T-slur. Oh, the, the dance. Uh, yes, and it has uh, uh, the dance where every single character on Community is out of character. It sucks. Uh, <laughs> and it ends with um, Jeff and Annie kissing. It's a, it, this is better than that. <laughs> this is better than competitive that. wine tasting? Which this one's is, advanced criminal law? Uh, that's Britta's Pool Trial. Britta's Pool. Oh, I'm going to say... Okay, so if it's above Pascal's Triangle... I think it's below advanced criminal law for me. I so, would probably agree. The new number fifty five zero. Yes. S3, Look at that. E twelve. Right there. Boy, we did it. Impression. I'm not sure if it's impressionist or impressionism. I'll look it up later. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's sneak some plugs in uh, and slide on out. Uh, I'll let the guest go first if they would like. Wow. I think. What's that? We're plugging stuff. You want to put any, do you have anything you want to shout out? Oh, let me think. Hold on. Am I doing anything? No, I'm still recovering, I guess. Um, my Instagram is at catscott94, but it's 
private. Um, because <laughs> um, I'm a teacher now, and geez, I'm on a wait list for grad school. So I guess I'm kind of artistically on in a on pause in purgatory right now. But mm-hmm. um, you could oh, I have a YouTube channel, Cat Scott. You can watch a lot of my weird stuff. I have some stuff uh, from the Kevin days. Mm. Um, yeah, Hacking the Galaxy is a cute little. That's fun. Uh, yeah. Recorded. Yeah, that's a throwback. But it's I'm still in being that. Animated. Yeah, you're, it's still being animated slowly over the course of several years. Um, so you can see the progress on that. It has a cute little like title or like uh, the the what is it the closing song has animation and i think it's on youtube now um oh and though i'm not supposed to promote it i think it's private never mind anyway uh go to my youtube channel and look at the videos (laughs) it only has a couple of views but they're fun thanks just like censor out that one section (laughs) no you don't have to um well, um, you know what? If you go ahead, go ahead, you know, go ahead, yeah, if you feel like it, go ahead, follow me on Instagram. That's uh, Jason Ziv. That's J A C E N Z I E V. Um, in my bio, there is a link to a GoFundMe to raise some funds to help with cats post surgery recovery and such. If you have anything to donate, do it there. Yeah. If you don't have anything to donate, give it a share. Um, that rhymed. Wow, yeah. look at that. I, huh. I write songs. Um, I don't have too much to promote. I'm just kind of vibing right now. You dig? Um, have fun. Be safe. If you're trans, I love you. If you're cis, I love you. But if you're trans, I love you. You know what I'm saying? Absitutes. <laughs> That's my time. I'm good. Love it. Uh, let's see. I am uh, making a concerted effort to start putting out comics several times a week again. Uh, that is Patty Plague Doc, P A T T Y Plague Doc, uh, on Instagram or on my Twitter at TV's Kevin Lanigan. Uh, and we're gonna keep on pushing through uh, this show as well, and hopefully I will have some pros for you sometime this month we'll see uh hopefully i'll have uh the read through of my play uploaded to youtube this month uh again we shall see um play it's a scooby-doo play (gasps) exciting uh yeah i i have the 25th off the day before thanksgiving and my plan is to wake up super early and bust out and edit uh probably not by the time this episode is out but you know i will make everyone aware of it and i'll put an audio version on this podcast feed so you can't miss it uh and we will be back next week with an excellent troy and abed two-parter so until then leave us those five meow meow beans on apple podcasts uh (laughs) and until next week pop pop Pop, pop. Do ba da do. Do ba da do. Do ba da do. Ba da da do. Ba da da do. Do ba da do. Do do. Do ba da do. Do ba da do. Do ba da do. Do ba Wow. <laughs>
This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boop.